Well, are we ready to get into God's word this morning? Let me see. Are we ready to get into God's word this morning? All right. That's what I want. Come on, y'all. I know it's early, but it ain't that early. I was up at five o'clock in the morning. So come on. We got this thing. All right. So this morning, what I want to talk about is giving. How many of you are excited about this? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I want to talk about giving this morning. And I want to talk about ultimately the ultimate giver. That is God. He is the sower. He is the sower that we can look at and then we can actually follow his lead. Because God has given us so much. Amen? So much. And you know what? We have ourselves as believers, we have a lot to give as well. And there's two things that I kind of want to focus on a little bit this morning that we can give, two ways that we can give. One is with our time. Our time is so valuable, right? Especially in America. We are so busy, busy, busy that sometimes I think we forget that we need to serve God's kingdom. There are things that we can do to bear fruit for God's kingdom. But the problem is we're so busy, we don't even have enough time to spend alone with Jesus, right? Like sometimes Sunday is the only time that we have to be able to sit and be still and experience his presence. So talking about giving our time to serve God sometimes is a very foreign thing to a lot of us because we just want to come in here and just rest. But you know what? God's kingdom is moving. God's kingdom is growing. And he wants us to be a part of that. He wants us to join arms with him and to serve his kingdom so that we can bear fruit. And that fruit, my friends, are people that are new believers in Jesus. Amen? That's what we want. And so with that being said, time is just one element. And the other thing is our finances. And listen, I know that tends to be kind of a taboo thing to talk about because some people might think that God is only wanting my money. At the church, all they want is my money. Like I can just see that scene in Jerry Maguire, you know, show me the money, right? That's, that's all that you think that God wants is your money. And what I'm here to tell you is that's not the case. That's not what the church wants. The church wants what God wants, and that is a sower, a sower in his kingdom that is sold out for Jesus. And I'm going to get into that here this morning, okay? So where I want to begin is in John chapter 3, verse 16. This is a very familiar verse for those of us that are believers. If you're not a believer yet in Jesus, this is the verse that you need to focus in on. If you're questioning your faith, if you're on the fence... This is the one verse that has set all of us free. This is the most important verse when it comes to our salvation, but when it also comes to us sowing into God's kingdom, into giving. And that verse is very, very clear. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This verse is so powerful. You know why? It takes us out of the equation. For those of us that think that we need to do something, that we need to earn our way into heaven, that somehow our good needs to outweigh our bad, nuh-uh, this verse completely debunks that. That's how Satan has twisted the gospel, thinking that somehow we can earn our way into heaven. And what God says is, no, I gave. I gave to you. If you just believe in Jesus, then you will have eternal life. Faith 
in him is what saves you, not what you can do for him. So the idea that the church, all they want is our time and our money, that's thrown out the window, completely thrown out the window. If that verse can go back up on the screen, please. I want to break it down for you real quick. So how are we supposed to sow into God's kingdom? Again, like I said, God is the ultimate sower. And we're going to look at this. So it says here, for God so loved the world. Man, what's the mission of home church? The mission of home church is what? Man, man, you guys, this is a proud pastor moment. Wow. Thank you so much. Yes, love, right? God gave because he loves us. Love is the only reason why he gave to us. He loved us so much that he gave what? He gave Jesus, his one and only son. He didn't just give because he loved us. He loved us so much that he gave his very best. And his very best was sacrificial. He had Jesus come down from heaven and live on this earth for 33 years, time. He gave of his time to be amongst us, to be just like us in flesh and blood so that he could experience every temptation that we experience so that he would know exactly what we're going through, but the difference is he never sinned. Time. And then he gave sacrificially his son as an offering. That offering so that our sins, past, present, and future, when we receive him as Lord and Savior, are forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. Man, that should cause us to rejoice, amen? So there you have, God loves us so much that he gave his best time and finances in a way, right? His offering of Jesus. And that if we believe in him, we will have eternal life. So his giving was so amazing that it had eternal implications. Literally, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Cue Christmas vacation. Cousin Eddie, Clark, it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. I love it. So his gift was so awesome and how he gave in love, man, it had eternal implications. It just keeps on giving, keeps on giving, keeps on giving. Everyone that receives Jesus takes part in that gift as it keeps on giving. So what you see here is the example of exactly how we need to give into God's kingdom. And with that, before I get into the full message, I want to pray. So Father, I just want to thank you for the, everybody that's here this morning. Father, I thank you for the words that you have given me. I ask that they come out the way that you want them to. I ask that your word transforms hearts this morning. Hearts that give with the right heart attitude into your kingdom. And Father, I just thank you that as we leave this place this morning, that we have this renewed spirit of being a sower that gives generously and cheerfully, Father. And I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I step on some charismatic toes for a minute? So I've been... I've been raised in the Catholic Church when I was a kid, but I got saved when I was 23 in a charismatic church. And I've been raised, much as, as you have, some of you in here have, with the idea that when I give into God's kingdom, that I'm, I'm going to receive something back from him. And, and there's really nothing too wrong with that. 
Because if I sow into God's kingdom, then, then, then I know that he is going to trust me with more so that I can continue to give more into his kingdom. Amen? But there is this thing called the prosperity gospel, and I am zealously against it. I don't agree with it. Like, if my motive is to give into God's kingdom so that I get more from him for me, so that I can have a bigger house, nicer cars, nicer things, that somehow that is a witness of the fact that I'm a believer and I'm following Jesus, that is totally wrong. And honestly, guys, I've had to repent of the way that I have given in the past. Because that's not what it's about. And that's the reason why there is people that are in this world that think that the church only wants my money. Because I believe the enemy has twisted that so much. And it really has nothing to do with us receiving wealth from God. I don't give in his kingdom so that I can share on a cattle on a thousand hills. Does that make sense? I give into his kingdom because I simply love God and love people. That's the reason why we give. It goes back to the mission of our church. It goes back to what Jesus said, that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second comes alongside that, to love our neighbor as ourself. It goes all back to that. So there is an example of this giving. And if you all would turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is where I'm going to be today. We are going to go through this entire chapter, and I promise we will not be here all morning. But this is the heart of the sower. This is the heart of the sower that God has passed down to us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens our mortal bodies, right? That same spirit that God has, the Holy Spirit, that Jesus has is the same one that's passed down to us. It's the spirit of giving. To the fact that, that giving and salvation are coupled in the very same verse of John chapter 3, verse 16. That's how important it is. Salvation in Jesus and the way that God gave. And for people to get saved, we need to give. Give of our time and give of our finances. So to set up 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you have an ESV translation, you'll see a heading that says the collection for Christians in Jerusalem. So Paul is writing to the church at Corinth about this need. And there is a need for the church in Jerusalem. And think about it this way. Jerusalem is occupied by who? The Romans. And so when they sowed seed and they reaped the harvest, guess who was eaten off their harvest? The Roman occupiers. Guess who were persecuting Christians? The Romans and the Jewish people that were not yet in Christ. So you had famine, you had plague, you had persecution, and this church was in need. So Paul is around, going around Asia Minor, the early churches, and trying to get people to give to the church in Jerusalem because there is a need. And let me tell you something, guys. Last Sunday, we took up an offering for Home Church Scotland, and Robin is over there, I can tell you, she's like, don't share, don't share, I'm gonna share, I'm gonna share the amount. You guys gave so generously to a church that has a huge financial need. The gospel is exploding in Glasgow right now through Home Church Scotland. 
exploding. They're in an area where not necessarily famine, not necessarily a, an occupying military eating all their food. They're, they have a famine for the gospel, man. There's such a hunger there. And what you guys sowed into their church is going to help them, help them reap a harvest of new believers. You guys gave, and we haven't even finished counting yet, $6,000 to Home Church Scotland. That's amazing. That's your heart of generosity. I almost feel like I'm preaching from the choir. Like I had this message on my heart to preach and then Robin gave me this, this testimony and I'm just like, okay, so why am I preaching this? Because I think ultimately, I think we, we as a church, we're, we're figuring that out. We're giving with the right heart attitude and what we're giving is going to bring new believers into the kingdom and we're there, but this is a nice, healthy reminder for all of us, amen? amen. It really is. And so I am just so excited about what's happening, how God is using us to support this church and vice versa. Dave has been giving me just things for me to think about. The fact that you're all sitting this way right now, that was his idea. I admit it. I've had to learn some things from him. And he said, you know what you need to do? You need to make your living room more cozy. Well, here you go. It's awfully cozy now. Wow, you guys are all together. I love this. And I love the fact that I feel like we're just in an intimate place together where we can worship God together, but also hear from his word. Amen. So we have this partnership, but your generous giving is going to sow a seed into that area where we're going to reap a harvest for the gospel. So this is where we pick up in verse 1 of chapter 9. What Paul is doing is he is writing to the church at Corinth. He's in Greece right now, and he is in Macedonia at the church there. And so he's writing to them, and this is what he says. He goes, now it is superfluous for me to write so you, to write to you about the ministry for the saints. What he's saying here is, it's not really necessary for me to write to you about the ministry, that the fact that there are people that need to know Jesus, that the fact that there is, there's churches that need support. I know it's really unnecessary for me to write this to you, but I am because this is what I want to tell you. For I know your readiness. Church, are we ready? Are we ready to give? of our time? Are we ready to give of our money? Are we ready to give whatever it takes so that people come to know Jesus? Amen. He's saying, I know your readiness of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia. Saying that Achaia has been ready since last year and your zeal has stirred up most of them. Pastor Dave this morning announced your offering and announce the amount that you gave, and to hear the praises that came from the church in Home Church Scotland. Your zeal, our zeal to give is contagious. An area of the church that they need to grow in is giving. And there's some cultural differences there, and there's some financial hardships there, and also a lot of the people that are in this church are very young believers, or even new to the faith. So hearing the fact that we have given them is gonna produce this zeal in them, this zeal for them not just to give of their finances, to give of their time, to understand that, hey, God is at work here. And that gives you that encouragement to keep moving. Does that make sense? So that's what he's saying. He says, your zeal has stirred up most of them. 
but I'm sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of you and arrange in the advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready. Church, read this with me. As a what? Willing gift, not as an exaction. The church at Corinth is willing to give to the church at Jerusalem. And because they are doing so so generously, it's spurring up the zeal for the church of Macedonia to do the same thing. Not from a place of exaction, in other words, forcing you to do it. A sense of guilt. No, but willingly. Like, can't wait to do it. Because the seed I am sowing is going to reap a harvest of new believers for God. Verse 6, the cheerful giver. The cheerful giver. This verse was actually in version's verse of the day today. How many of you saw the version verse of the day today? This is like God telling me I'm confirming you need to say this today. I love this. So Paul says, look, everything I'm writing to you right now, you know the need in Jerusalem. You know you're great givers and I'm sending people to go collect that gift. And I want you to know that your zeal is spurring up the zeal here in Macedonia. Let's just put that aside for a minute. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. What are we sowing and what are we reaping? We're sowing ourselves to God. We're sowing our time. We're sowing whatever we can up to offer him, whether it's money, time, resources. And if we sow just a little, then we're going to reap just a little. If we sow a lot, then we're going to reap what? A lot. This is pretty simple, right? This is very simple. What we're reaping a little or a lot, depending on the amount we're giving of our time, our finances, our resources, is the harvest. Church, how many of us want to reap a bountiful harvest? How many, how many of us want to see home church the church, capital C, reap a bountiful harvest. Amen. Amen. So do I. He says this, and this is the most important matter in verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. It is up to us to make the decision whether I want to sow a little bit or if I want to sow a lot into God's kingdom. And it all begins with the heart. It all begins with the heart. He says this, that the heart, it's not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a what? Cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. But yeah, Pastor Jeff, you don't understand my time. It's so valuable to me and I'm so busy. And I'll go ahead and I'll volunteer and I'll serve, but I'd rather be somewhere else. Or what I, sometimes I hear is, I'm serving in this area, but my heart's not in it. And what I would say is, if you have that heart attitude, take a break. 
Just come here and just worship God. Let him change your heart. Let him get you back to where you need to be. Be refilled so that you can go back and serve with a cheerful heart. That's what he wants. Not something that's done reluctantly or under compulsion. I don't want to, oh, you got to pry this out of my cold dead hands to put it into the offering basket or the two areas out there near the doors that you can put your offering in or texting it into your phone. Or, you know, I really don't want to get up in the morning and go to church earlier than everybody else. Ah, I'd rather stay in bed because I don't, just don't want to do it. There is this reluctancy that I think that we have to sometimes deal with. Or here's this one, compulsion. Like, what I'm saying to you today is in love. Like, I don't want to force you to do something that you don't want to do with a cheerful heart. This compulsion, like, somehow if I don't do it, Pastor Jeff isn't going to love me anymore. Or God is going to throw a lightning bolt down at me and strike me down. No. What God is saying here, if I'm going to break it down to you in just real clear English, English is give what you have. Give what you have. And sometimes in order to have, we have to get in his presence and just get refilled. So we can give of our time and give our heart to other people, to love God and love people. And I'm not saying, because I've heard this before too, that in some charismatic circles, I've heard some preachers say, pull out of your credit card and give if you don't have enough money to give into the offering. In other words, go into debt and give. No, no, give what God has given you to give and do it with a cheerful heart. That is so important. The heart is so important. And you want to know what came to me. In Isaiah chapter 53, when God saw Jesus on the cross, Isaiah prophesied that it pleased God to bruise his son. It pleased God to give Jesus. It pleased God to give his best. It pleased God to give everything he had, even though it meant that Jesus would suffer on the cross and experience his wrath and experience his backside to Jesus for the first time ever. It pleased him. It was sacrificial, but he did it and it pleased him. And what I'm saying here is sometimes our giving will hurt because we have this thing called flesh, right? But if we do it with the right heart attitude, we do it from things that God has given us, then it, we will be blessed. He goes on to say, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. In other words, God has given you the, the ability to do what? Having all sufficiency in all things at all times, so that you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. What he's saying here is, essentially, we have everything we need and we have the ability to give with a cheerful heart. God gives us that grace to do that. And the example here is Jesus. Jesus is the one that distributed freely. He has given to the poor. 
and his righteousness endures forever. How many of us want to partner with Jesus and do that same thing? That when you sow and you give of your time and give of your finances, then what's going to happen is you join him in bringing more people into righteousness, that you have a righteous harvest. And I love that because I want to share in that. Like my righteousness becomes also the righteousness of those who've received Jesus for the first time. He goes on in verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that's God, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. He's going to give us what we need. He's going to give us the ability to sow. And then when we do that, he's going to entrust us with more. So there's your more. There's your 30, 60, 100-fold return. It's not that I want it for myself so that I could be more wealthy. It's I want it so that I can increase, increase the harvest of righteousness. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. What he's saying here is, as we get more and we're able to sow more, people are going to notice that. We're going to notice that. And that should produce praise and thanksgiving to God. Like what he's saying here is our giving is synonymous to worship. It's an act of worship. And one of the things that, that I feel like we need to do as a church is when we're giving, we need to have a more worshipful heart when we do that. And what I'm going to do from now on moving forward is actually push our offering time at the end before we get into our final worship song. Because what happens is when we realize all that God has given us and we have this opportunity to give back into his kingdom, then what that produces in us should be a heart of worship, a heart of thanksgiving to God. He goes on in verse 12, for this ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So I'm praising God because he gave to me and I'm able to give into his kingdom. And then those who are receiving the benefit of my offering into his kingdom are also seeing that God is generous and providing for their needs, that they're also praising God. So what you're seeing here is a cycle of us praising God and those receiving the benefit of what we're giving are also praising God. We're seeing that. I saw that this morning in Scotland. It was absolutely amazing. You all were praising God because of the offering that you're able to give in a home church Scotland. And then I was able to watch at five o'clock this morning, them praising God because they're receiving that offering. And folks, this is an opportunity to where we can see worship upon worship upon worship when we give into God's kingdom. And God is this, he is glorified. Because it says here in verse 13, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. What I want to say to you this morning God doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your money. And 
I know I've been hitting on finances a lot, about giving finances, giving your time. He doesn't want your money. What he wants to be is glorified. What he wants is a harvest of righteousness, that is more and more people coming to Jesus. What he wants is the church, which is his kingdom, to explode. And how does he do that? He does that through us, loving God and loving people. That's how he does it. He doesn't want your money. Turn to Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Because I know some of you are skeptical about what I just said. Verse 10. That's what he said. For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is what? Mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world in its fullness are mine. God owns everything. He has everything. We use this verse, well, God has a cattle on a thousand hills, so surely that wealth can be part of mine as well. And yes, there is some truth in that. But he has everything. And what absolutely just wrecked me as I've been praying about what it means to give and what it means to be a sower and what it means to grow God's kingdom and what it means to love God and to love people and this whole giving thing that I think the charismatic church has blown way out of proportion. What wrecked me was him saying to me, I already have everything. But Pastor Jeff, what I don't have is your whole heart. He does not have our hearts. He leaves that up for us to decide whether or not we're going to give it to him. You could give all the money in the world to him. You could give hours upon hours, days, months, years to serving his kingdom. But if he does not have your whole heart, it's nothing. And that heart, that one area in your heart that maybe is resistant to giving of your time or your finances. Listen, I, I feel almost guilty for saying the word finances in here because I know there's this thought of that's all they want is my money. Can I be real, realistic with you all? Money pays the bills for this, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. In order to continue the work of the ministry as home church, yeah, we kind of need that. I'm just saying, I'm humbly saying that, guys. I, I really am. But what I want, and I think I'm, what I'm trying to do is echo exactly what God is saying, the sower that I want is the sower that is sold out to Jesus. Simple as that. It's a sower that sees how big the kingdom could be 
if I just sacrificially give something. And we need help in this church. I had one gentleman ask me, where do you need help? Because I want to serve. In other words, put me in coach. I'm ready to play. Get me off this bench. I've had a couple of people since I've taken over as pastor ask me that. And my challenge to you today is if you haven't come and asked me, hey, coach, I want to play. Where would you put me? Then I'm asking you at some point to come see me and I will tell you where the need is at. And if you feel like you could give into this church, I know that the times are tough. It was tough for God to give his one and only son. So he knows where you're at when you're like, oh, the economy is bad. I don't know if I want to give. But if you have that ability, then go ahead and give what God has given you. Don't go into debt for it. Don't decide I'm going to pay the offering as opposed to paying my electric bill. That's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking on both accounts is the right heart that you want to see God's kingdom grow. And with that, everybody please stand. If you came this morning and you were prepared to give into the offering, let's go ahead and just raise our hands. Father, right now, what I'm going to do is I'm saying to you right now that I repent for the times that I have given into your kingdom with a wrong, hard attitude. Grudgingly, sometimes under compulsion, and I ask you to forgive me in Jesus' name. And we as a church right now, if there's any of us in here that need to repent of that, that we do that between ourselves and you. So that right now as we give into your kingdom, our hearts do it cheerfully. From this day forward, whether it's our time or our money, we do it with cheerful hearts because we have a harvest of righteousness that we want to reap for your kingdom. As Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I believe in this room, we have 200 laborers that are willing to do whatever it takes to see your kingdom grow. And so, Father, we thank you right now that if our hearts need to change towards giving into your kingdom, whatever change that is, Father, I'm asking you, we're asking you to change our hearts. And we're asking you this morning to bless our offering into your kingdom. Bless the offering that went to Scotland. Bless those of us that have given up our time to serve your kingdom. We're asking you to bless it so that your kingdom will continue to grow and that people will come to know Jesus. And Father, we just thank you right now for this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Everybody keep their head bowed, please. This next moment is so important. I believe God's spirit is moving here right now. And when I read John chapter 3, verse 16 this morning, there is somebody in here, I believe, that needed to hear that word. There is somebody in here this morning, I believe, like I used to, that if I perform well in this life, that I will earn my way into heaven. And friend, let me tell you something. That's not the way God wants it. All he wants you to do is to receive what he gave to us so generously, and that is his son, Jesus Christ. By believing in him and receiving him as Lord and Savior, then you become part of that harvest of righteousness. This is the moment. If you've never done that, if you could, cannot put a date on the calendar, if right now you're feeling your heart about to explode, then that is the Holy Spirit pressing on you, saying, it's time. And every one of us in here will rejoice. And it would be an honor for us to pray with you. If that's you this morning, then I'm gonna ask you to do me a brave thing. Just slip up your hand and let me see it. If you need to receive Jesus this morning and you've never done that this morning, never done that, you can't put a date on the calendar, then let me see your hand. This is not a time to ignore what you're feeling right now in your chest. This is a time to embrace that. Maybe you're somebody in here and you've run away from Jesus and you just know this whole idea of standing still and experiencing his presence, well, I haven't done that in a long time because I have gone off the reservation. I think if every one of us is honest in here, we tend to do that from time to time. And maybe for you, if you're in here this morning and you feel like there's a separation and you just want to get back to just knowing that God is with you and that he is walking through life with you and you're saying, man, I know I have not turned to you as much as I should have and I want to make the decision today to turn back to you. If that's you this morning, then I'm also going to ask you to be brave and just raise your hand and it's okay. It's more than okay.
I'm going to dismiss here in a minute. If you've never received Jesus, or you want to come back to him, or also if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, maybe you have questions about that, then after I dismiss our prayer team, you know, what, what, what Tim said up here about how he got prayed for by one of our prayer team members and received the healing that he needed so desperately, man, that's, that offers up to any one of us in here. God is no respecter of persons. So if I dismiss and you need prayer for anything, then our prayer team is on the back wall and they'll be happy to pray with you. So Father, I thank you for everybody that's here. I just thank you that all of us, all of us are believers. All of us are walking with you. And Father, I just thank you that this week is gonna be a great week. And I just ask that the words that were spoken today I ask that they just marinate in our hearts and that whatever next step we need to take in following Jesus, that you will make it very clear for us. And Father, I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, y'all. Man, it's so good to see all of you and all of you watching online. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Next week, I'm going to get a new series called RIP. Rest in peace. <laughs> And I think we need a little bit of rest, amen. So you all have a great week this week. God bless you, and I'll see you next Sunday. You are dismissed.